doubt Thee, glorious Prince of Life. Life is not without Thee, aid us in our strife. Make us more than conquerors through Thy deathless love. Safe through Jordan to thy home above. Thine be the glory, risen, conquering sun. Endless is the victory, thou or death. day and hope we rise we speak your name we lift our eyes and tune our hearts to your beat where we walk there you'll be with fire in our eyes our lives are Good morning, welcome. I think we've caught some of you on the hop this morning. <laughs> oh, I th sorry, I think we are slightly early, but it won't matter. Um, it's good to uh, share and worship with you this morning. A very warm welcome, whether you're here in person or you're joining us online uh, either live or later. It's good to have you with us. I've got um, a couple of announcements this morning and a citation to read out, so um, I'll start with the easy ones. 
The Kirk session, the next meeting, is this Wednesday, the 27th of April, and it's an in-person meeting. Uh, we're back to that, and it's at 7.15 in the East Chapel, so I look forward to seeing all the elders at that meeting. On Saturday, the Boness Bells are holding a bake sale uh, in the church hall. Uh, that's the 30th of April from 1 o'clock till 4 o'clock, and it's in aid of the new Boness charity, Cars for You, which help transport uh, cancer patients to hospitals. So I'm sure it'll be a lovely afternoon, and if you can go along and support them, uh, they would appreciate it. And now I have a citation to read out, which is being read out this morning uh, at the Three Church of Scotland congregations in Bowness, um, here in the Old Kirk at St Andrews and Caradon. And we've got the same wording to read out at the Mall. Intimation is hereby given that the Presbytery will meet for the celebration of the Sacrament of Holy Communion and thereafter for ordinary business on Tuesday 3rd May 2022 at 6.45pm at Falkirk Trinity Parish Church. To hear the report of the mission planning team in respect of the proposal for the mission plan within the Bowness area, the congregation is hereby cited to attend for their interests. Now that means... Um, the future of the Bowness churches, there will be a proposal put forward at the Presbytery meeting and uh, it is in our interest to attend. Um, so it would be good if a group of people from the Old Kirk could go. The only people who will be allowed to speak at the meeting are members of Presbytery, so that will, uh, from our side, that will be myself as Presbytery Elder or Amanda as Minister, but everyone else is uh, very welcome to attend. And we'll read that out again next week. If anybody's got any questions, then please speak to me at the end of the service. It's a time of change for everybody. There's no winners or losers in it. It's a change for all three congregations as we try and go forward as one congregation. Uh, but please keep everyone in your prayers and try not to worry about it. After the service today, there'll be tea and coffee, so please do stay behind and join us for some fellowship. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone, in this beautiful day. Can't believe yesterday was so glorious. It was like a summer day, wasn't it? So let's hope it continues um, and we give uh, God our thanks that he provided such lovely weather for Amanda's holiday um, because I know she would have spent a lot of that time outside um, and restoring all her energy for coming back next week. We have our call to worship this morning and as usual we will say together the words in gold. We come from a world confused about truth. We come with our own uncertainties. Lord, whose light shines in the darkness, shine on us this morning.
and we will start this morning by singing, Lord, the light of your love is shining.
now that we're all awake, <laughs> you can share what you did over the lovely few days um, of this week with whoever's sitting around you and what your plans are for the sunshine of this afternoon. Well, it definitely seems as if you have plans. <laughs> Is it the sunshine that just makes you plan more? I think in the wet, wintry days, we just want to go home and cuddle in and put a wee film on. But when the sunshine is there, we just want to get out and enjoy um, the world and, and uh, those places around us. So we'll settle again and we will... Um, speak to the Lord in prayer. Lord, you accept our doubts and embrace questions like a wise parent encouraging your children to express themselves. Hiding your heart at our doubt, Lord, you are always hoping for the best and seeing our potential even when we do not see it ourselves. When our thinking is clouded and our spirit bewildered, you are a Lord who embraces us. But we confess that we are not always patient or understanding. And when it comes to others, those who disagree with us or who don't share our beliefs, we can sometimes turn our face. Why can't they just believe what we do? Why do they need proof? Yet we live in a world where there is very little, where very little is taken at face value. Fake news surrounds us, and the camera definitely does lie. Lord, forgive us when we look down upon other people, when we see unbelievers or doubters, the ones who demand proof. For this is the world in which we live, and the world in which we must proclaim your truth. There is no proof that we can offer in times like these except to show the world our belief in the ways in which we reach out by accepting and loving unconditionally, by showing patience and by showing love to those who differ from us. Lord, help us to reflect your truth in our lives. Let each of us be a testament to your risen power be with us that you may clear that you may be clearly evident and all that we do lord we worship and we adore you you believe in us 
and this matters. Amen. No. Oops. It's that time again when I get the mic out and everyone sort of shakes. So I'm coming out and I'm wondering what um, anyone has to tell me, either about what they've been doing or what they're going to do. Anybody? I'll do any mini mini mo. I've had peace and quiet because my two daughters are at Girls Brigade camp this weekend. Wow. So what I've done is um, paint the shed and all the masonry in the garden. So you had peace? Yes. You could have gone for lunch, you could have had a lovely time, but no, you painted the shed. Yeah, dedication, definitely. Anybody else on this side? Oh, wow. Right. <clears throat> Andrew's not here today. He's going to play in a football tournament at Tynecastle this afternoon. So oh, that's wow. not bad when you're seven. Very good. That's amazing. So we're all hoping that it wins. And yeah, we'll get that news next week. Now, ladies, you're chatting. I'm going to jump on you. No, no, no. He's okay. <laughs> Anybody else over at this side? Normally this side is the winners, and today there's not a soul. Surely one person. Oh, yay! Right. It's my friend's birthday tomorrow. Oh, wow. And is it 21 again? She's not 21. She's not 21. No. Looking very glamorous, though, whatever age it was. She thinks she wishes she was 21. Yay. I'm not sure I would want to go back to 21. Yeah. Today was my first time back in the, driving the minibus and it was great to see all our lovely passengers. So, Oh, yay. fantastic. Yay. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I think you're very brave with that minibus, but... <laughs> Anybody else? Nope. Nope. Okie doke. Well, my sharing is I've been um, living back with my parents um, for since my mum came out of hospital. And I remember when I was studying and I went back to my mum's and I would live with them and it was amazing. You just didn't do anything. Your dinner just appeared. Everything And it's what a change it's been. I've got back and I'm obviously having to do the run into the washing machine. So my mum was laughing. She said to me, you know that diet that you were talking about? You wouldn't even need it because this running running back and forward and the stairs because I don't have stairs in my house so for the 25 years I haven't really gone up a stairs unless I went to a store somewhere and now I'm up and down these 17 stairs about 10 times a day so that's my news <laughs> so let's talk um, many churches 
today will be reflecting on obviously what's happened over our um, Easter week and happened around Jesus' resurrection. And it's this week that um, Jesus shows himself to Thomas. And my intention this morning is for us to question um, this familiar understanding of Thomas um, in our tradition. His role in the resurrection story is traditionally seen as quite a negative um, role. He's seen as the disciple who is the immature one, the weak one, the one who needed special signs to believe. And we've heard that we, within our um, lives, we will all have heard the term about um, being a doubting Thomas. And again, it's always seen about that. You're doubting something that you shouldn't be. So the phrase is kind of there. However, I want to be looking at Thomas in a different way today. So I'm not pleading on his behalf that you change your mind about anything. But I want to rather ask some questions about what the traditional thing is and perhaps maybe that we should be doubting what that traditional setting is saying about Thomas. He seems to be the one that um, in, embodies the role, I think, of a disciple more than anyone else. He is the one who was called to question. Often so in a conventional setting, but we see things that are different um, for both our church and our personal journeys when we look at them with an element of doubt. So that doubt impacts on how we move forward. And if we don't ask the questions and we continue to have the doubt, then we're moving forward in a way that's not comfortable. So I think that Thomas asking the questions being seen in a negative way, I think if we turn that coin round about and say, well, actually, Thomas asked these questions to make it more real for people, to really understand what was happening there. But we're going to have a Shona reading, John 20, 19 to 31, and we will continue the conversation after she's finished. So the reading today is from John chapter 20, and this can be found on page 189 of the Pew Bibles. We're starting at verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, 
Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen. Thank you. So the passage of John, um, this um, story is not actually mentioned in the other Gospels, um, but it tells us that on the day of the resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples while they were behind those closed doors in Jerusalem, perhaps hiding, feeling that their whole world had been torn apart and not not confident in moving forward in any way. But then Jesus comes miraculously among them and he gives them peace. The peace that they so desperately needed. They were really badly shaken by the Easter events and they didn't understand their role that they were to carry on and to do. So Jesus came and he gave them peace. But it wasn't just peace, but the breath of the power of the Holy Spirit. He gave them this to overcome their fears and empower them to face all those challenges that had resulted from the responsibility that Jesus was about to give them. To go in his name and proclaim and ensure the people the forgiveness of sins. A huge role, a role that they needed peace and not doubt to take forward. Thomas missed the encounter with Jesus as he was away elsewhere at the time. He also missed the benefits of this encounter with Jesus. As a result, a week later, when he meets the rest of the disciples at the usual meeting place, where again they were in a room with the door locked from the inside. He was told what had gone on and what he had missed. But he was not moved by their story and he does not believe their words. And who could fault him? Perhaps not the traditional reading, which often did. If you had been listening to me reflecting on Thomas earlier in my studies, you would have heard me being very hard on him. And I could give some indication of my scorn for Thomas. Because firstly, how could he have missed the encounter with the Lord on Easter day? Where was he? Why did he miss this wonderful fellowship and communion with the other disciples? Was he too busy doing other things than to be with the Lord? Why wasn't his focus on the spiritual things why wasn't his focus on the salvation that was happening? Why did he leave the other disciples? Perhaps he was too frightened, or perhaps he was a coward 
that he had left Jerusalem. Also, how could he have doubted the disciples and the Lord's resurrection? How could he have shown so little faith? Did he forget all the words that Jesus had said to him? Did he not remember the prophecies of the Old Testament? This was a man that I thought was to be pitied, as were those people who had the same lack of faith. I wonder how many of the sermons being preached today might sound like that. But today my message is different. Now, I don't only have more understanding for Thomas, but I actually think that Thomas is perhaps one of the giants of our Christian faith. I now see him as an inspiration rather than a prototype of a weak individual. Weak in body, weak in spirit and weak in faith. Or the doubtful troublemaker. When I read the text and see now that he is probably the person who is the closest to reality. A level-headed disciple who probably understood better what was going on than the other disciples. I think that perhaps Thomas was more courageous and braver than the other disciples because he had dared to venture out. He was not behind the locked doors. Even after Jesus' violent uh, death, he still faced the people. He was ready to face the reality of life and to engage with whatever that life was going to throw to him. It's often easier to stay locked inside, closer to your support networks, rather than face the world. And I'm sure we've all found ourselves in a situation like that. He was also grieving, but he was dealing with his grief constructively and head on. So what happened to me that I have changed my view of Thomas so radically? And how did I come to this decision for how I feel about Thomas? Throughout my Christian life, I have felt the call to embark on a journey, a journey with God, a journey to discover him more, to understand him more deeply, and that I would be able to better serve him and to be accepted by him. The journey took me through many valleys and mountains, through highs and through lows. But I don't want to go on about me here, but it un- helps you to understand where I'm coming from. Um, it's, worth, it's worth measuring, mentioning that my journey of discovering God, many things changed about me. Some might say for the better, and I'm sure that some will say for the worse. But I believe that God is still working um, in me and for me. When I embarked on the journey to ministry, I opened myself up to many challenges. I had to journey with him in different geographical areas, um, to work with different people, um, different spiritual um, values, and it's often been difficult to judge all of that, to juggle all of that along with a full-time job. I've felt vulnerable at times, and very vulnerable. 
and especially when dealing with different theological traditions, new forms of worship, and believers from different backgrounds, different ways of doing things, different ways of understanding how scripture texts are set, and different ways of expressing um, expressing my, my, myself. These were great challenges for a person coming from a very traditional conservative church background. Often my, um, often my way would be to be like those disciples behind that closed door where I had others around me that thought the way I thought that did the things that I did um, and wanted the things that I did. But because I've had to venture out and listen to other people and I've learned so much from the people I've encounter, encountered through my journey. Um, so I want to believe that consequently I came to understand Thomas better and I now see him as a different, with a different perspective. I see him as a sincere person. I see him as one who dares to ask questions, who dares to stand up and ask for clarification, and when necessary, to challenge the assumed belief and traditions, and to often question the disharmony between belief and practice. I believe that we can see Thomas's spirit and many great people who throughout history have made significant contributions to church and society. I see Martin Luther, the reformer, who dared to doubt the tradition of the church's doctrine and the practices of those days. William Wilberforce, William Wilberforce who, with the help of many others, two centuries ago, also challenged the common practice of selling people treating them like commodities. A slave trade that was not just tolerated by the church and Christians at the time, but some churches and Christians were even part of it and the beneficial and benefited greatly from it. Something that we now have to face as a church in the twenty in twenty twenty two. Then we had Martin Luther King who questioned the racist attitudes of church and society in America. I'm also thinking of those courageous people today who are struggling to make sense of the resurrection in their personal life and in their social and political context. We live in a very fast-changing world where the pace and changes at all levels of society can actually be frightening. As a result, our personal faith and our common practices are continually challenged, not then least by our social norms, which are continually being redefined. We could be overcome by those challenges and lock our doors, sit behind them in our coziness and celebrate Jesus' resurrection and feel peace and being spirit-filled but hiding from today, hiding from the expectations that the world has for us. The disciples did the same the second time round. 
As a result, we could remain in our comfort zone, clinging to our traditions and our doctrines. But often when the church finds themselves in this position, they risk becoming defensive or oppressive and even frustrating the spirit of the resurrected Christ who breathes and brings all life anew. As a result, some churches could become antiquated faith dinosaurs. At a personal level, the individual believer could become a split personality, not being able to integrate personal belief with the secular life of today, having the peace of their church, the peace of their congregation, the peace and fellowship, but when they leave, they can't share any of that with those that they meet in their daily encounters. We could open ourselves to challenges, questioning the status quo by asking if our belief or theology of the resurrection fits in with the peace and the mandate that Jesus has bestowed upon us. Jesus sent his disciples as he sent them, as he was sent by the Father. So what does that mean? Go and serve. Love and be like me. But how do we measure that in our daily lives? Jesus showed his disciples his hand and his side. And he invited Thomas to put his finger in his hand and his side. It is the wounds of Jesus in the world today. It's the suffering of those who need saving. Whatever that means around the world at the moment. And those desperate to be free from its consequences. That's the measure of our faith and the commitment as a church and a people of faith. So what have I learned? Well, I suggest that we need Thomases in our churches today. We need Thomases who will come and question. We need Thomases who will believe how they can move things forward by knowing more about each situation. At the senior church level, we need people like Thomas to ask uncomfortable questions, to seek transparency, to ask for clarity to where the church and its people are going. At the local level, we need Thomases to seek answers where none seem available. We need Thomases to check details, to be persistent but patient, and to seek involvement in decision-making. At a personal level, I suggest that we need Thomases who don't lack confidence, who come and they want to talk about their faith, not only in the security of church, but within their daily living. We need Thomases who admit they don't have all the answers, but that they wish to question and wrestle with faith, to test the truth even if that means standing alone to do so. Doubt is not and does not mean a rejection of faith. 
but doubt is an essential part of our growth in faith and in maturity. In the Bible reading, Jesus doesn't admonish Thomas for doubting, but he encourages him and the rest of the disciples to go on believing, to go on living a life with commitment to faith. Thomas's faith comes through a process of testing that holds together the experiences of his friends in his own honest uncertainties. The chance to discuss these with them and his willingness to, re- to reconsider his initial conclusion in the light of the fresh experience. Thomas is convinced. In the end, he has no need to touch. But the story as a whole suggests that testing the truth of Jesus involves something more. In the face of hostility, it has to prove its power and reconcile and renew. Peace he left with them, and peace he leaves with us. We see here the inner conviction matched by the relationships that ring true to the greater love of Jesus, which is never more obviously displayed than in the wounds he continues to carry for us. Let's pray. Lord, you accept our doubts and embrace our hope. You always want what is best for us. You can see our potential. You can see how hard we have to cope with the world which is ever-changing. We worship and adore you for believing in us, who we are this day, and what we can be tomorrow and the many days after. Amen. We're now go pardon me, we're now going to sing again how deep the Father's love for us. love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch's treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, the father turns his face away. Wounds which mother chosen one bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon the cross. Behold the man upon the cross. My sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice Call out among the scoffers It was my sin that held him back Until it was accomplished His dying breath has brought me 
Father, we bring before you our gifts of money. Please use this for your local church here in Bones, but also for the work that's taking place over the wider world. You also have gifted us with things that we bring to you. Our time, our talents, talents that you allowed us to have and would be enabled to put into practice here. We know that over the last few months, many changes have taken place. And we are so thankful that we are now returning to a place where we are coming together. And we give thanks that those talents are being again put into place. We bring our prayers again from the other side of Easter. We're giving thanks for everything in our own experience that has proved to us beyond reasonable doubt that you are good and to be trusted. We remember past fears that turned out to be illusionary. Things we worried and worried about which never happened. And all that time we wasted in worrying that could have been spent enjoying the day at hand. But we remember two other fears that did come true. And things we never dreamt would happen to us that did. And the darkness was real and it was awful. But you were there and somehow we got through it. And now we can say for ourselves, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He rescued me from all my fears. The Lord provided me with peace. Loving God, whose will for your people, for all of the whole creation, is that we should live in perfect freedom. And we pray for any who are living today in the grip of fear those who are frightened in the most basic way, frightened for their lives and the lives of their children. Families in Ukraine and Israel and other war-torn, famine-ravaged places of our world. People whose faces and bodies we can hardly bear to look at because their agony is so intense that we can feel the situation they're in. 
and the frightened, angry people who have done these things to them. And the situations such as these that could so easily make us doubt that there is a God who loves us. And yet, make it utterly imperative that there is. And that we find your love and hold on to it for our own and for our world's sake. We pray for any of our own community who are afraid or uncertain right now. Those facing hospital treatment or a big transition in their lives. We think of our young people heading to exam season in school or those planning to leave in the summer, going on to work, leaving behind their comfortable place. We think of people setting up a new home or having to leave a place that has been their home for so long. We pray for anyone who is wrestling with doubt. Right now, doubt about you or doubt about themselves, or doubt about the way their lives are going. And that we ask as a family of God's people that we may create a safe space in which doubts can be faced and shared and overcome without blame or embarrassment. Help us to face up to our own fears and help us to overcome them so that we will not be frightened to ask questions that may come our way. Help us to admit to our own weakness so that we will not need to hide behind the criticism of others. Help us to be faithful in our discipleship so that we will be able to guide others in their journey of faith and discover together how good the Lord is and how happy those who find him are. Thanks be to you, O Lord, through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, Amen. We are now going to sing again, and this is um, from Heaven You Came, Helpless Babe.
His feet The scars that speak of sacrifice Hands that flung stars into space everyone so please stay and share some fellowship lord your son jesus did not reject thomas help us to value questions and questioners and not to reject either when they are awkward to discern what kind of evidence is appropriate and trustworthy in different situations and to have the courage ourselves to be questioners and seekers of truth. Seekers of you. Now go and may the blessing of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all this day and every day that follows. Amen. Songs of loudest praise. 
Take and seal it, seal it for. 